0: what's up nerd nation it's your boy chris wilson host of the average sports nerds podcast asn is a podcast started by two lifelong friends who have a passion for sports and the debates surrounding them you can connect with us on instagram at avg sports nerds from all of us here at asn we thank you for your support and we hope you enjoy the show What's up, Nerd Nation? It's your boy Chris. We're back again with a special episode this time. Going to be talking MLB. We got the season starting April 1st. Big moves happening this offseason after the shortened season last year. It was kind of crazy, but we got some heavy hitters here with us. I'm joined by my boy Derek, as always. What's up, Derek? What up? What up? Yeah, and me and Derek, we're casual baseball fans to say the least, but. We had to bring in some guys on this episode that really know what they're talking about. Played the game. One of them still playing the game now. I guess I'll start with my boy Dylan. He went to college with me. Big Mets fan, New Jersey. What's going on, Dylan?
1: What's going on, everyone? Thank you, Chris, for having me. Appreciate it. But glad to be around you boys as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I forgot to mention there too, Dylan, the host of the Dream Wager podcast. They cover everything related to sports betting. Those guys over there always on top of their stuff so if you're yeah. not already listening go ahead and give them a listen and a follow cuz they're putting out good stuff for sure
1: appreciate it
0: also joined by another heavy hitter here this guy is blowing up on YouTube right now he's making cool videos mainly always baseball all the time i came across him really like what he was doing super excited to get him on today and that's my boy, Tom Talks Sports, or just Tom. <laughs> What's going <laughs> on, man?
2: Yes, sir. Thanks, Chris, for having me on. I appreciate it. Always a good time here uh, talking some ball. So excited to join the show.
0: Definitely. We're excited to have you for sure, man. And then last but not least, we got another good friend of mine. Played fantasy sports with him all throughout the years. Always been a good competitor. He's just one of those guys. If you're talking sports, he knows what he's talking about. He's placing bets. He's that guy. High school state champion baseball player, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, got to throw that in there. Yes, yeah, uh, he, he beat my hometown team. And that's my boy, Nick Siegel. What's going on? Yes, man? Sir.
3: How we doing, everybody? How we doing? Happy to be here.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're happy to have you as well, man. It's going to be a good episode. We got a lot to get into. So we might as well just jump right in. Big news this offseason, maybe the biggest story, maybe the top third baseman in the league, Nolan Arenado, getting traded to the Cardinals this year. Anybody, just jump in, really. What are you guys' thoughts on that move? I'll
2: start it off. uh, I think it was a steal for the Cardinals, and it was a terrible deal for the Rockies because they didn't get much in return, some prospects. And they weren't even that good of prospects to begin with. So a pretty bad package for the Rockies. But the Cardinals definitely won this deal by a mile. They got Nolan Arenado. He's got great defense at third base. He'll help out the lineup for sure. Middle of the order. I think expect like 30 home runs outside of cores with them. And he doesn't strike out much. So uh, it'll be great with Paul Goldschmidt and the Cardinals. I think they could potentially win that division. So. Great addition for them.
3: Arenado's a stud, man. You talk about putting him in the lineup with a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, and now you're looking at some serious pop at the top of the lineup. You add in their young guys. They got Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill. You know, if that rotation can come around, they're going to run away with the Central because the Cubs are going the wrong way. The Brewers, you don't really know what they are. The Reds lost a lot of firepower with Bauer going to the L.A., and, you know, the Pirates are just horrible. So, man, if the top of the lineup can keep it going or get
1: it going with those guys, man, they're going to be in a good spot come October. Yeah, I agree. I think this automatically puts them as the best team in the division. Trevor Bauer left the Reds. I think they overachieved last year. You had a couple guys in Castillo who stepped up, but I think that this sureifies their lineup. You got the Hall of Famer Yadier Molina coming back. Like Tom was saying, you got Paul Goschman on the other side of the field. I think by far they're the best team in the division now.
2: Yeah, I also want to add to that, that the Cardinals, they played the Padres, you know, in the playoffs. And if it wasn't for the Padres getting hot towards the end of the game or during the game, they would have won that series. So, Mm, um, and you look, you look at the Padres now, they gotten a lot better with some acquisitions, but I mean, you're talking about still a lineup with Manny Machado and Tatis and all of them studs, you know. They almost beat them this uh, shortened season. So it'll be interesting to see going forward for sure.
3: Talking about the Padres, they made two moves you can't sell short either, bringing in Snell and you Darvish. man. They really revamped that rotation. And now they've got the firepower on the mound to deal with the Dodgers. They can go toe-to-toe in five, seven-game series with L.A. with those horses they have now. And then you expect to get Mike Clevenger back at some point, too. You put all that together, they got a recipe to make a lot of noise, too. Yeah, definitely.
1: They improved tremendously in the rotation to just basically compete in that division. And I think Blake Snell, they only got him for what a one-year deal, right? I think they got him on one year.
2: One one or two. Did they some, trade for him? Or did, no they they they, sat, they, they, tr- they, they traded, traded for, for him, right? him? Yeah, 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 yeah. They traded for him.
1: Yeah, but now you got basically two Cy Youngers and you Darvish and Blake Snell on your rotation. I don't know if they could compete with the Dodgers, but I could see them winning 92-94 games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, no,
3: you, they'll put themselves in that category where if they've got to go toe to toe with the Dodgers. Last year, they were a little bit overmatched in that category, and I think you saw it throughout the season series with the Dodgers taking the majority of those games. But you had a couple young pitchers like those guys. I mean, it, they're not the Hall of Famers that Bauer and Kershaw likely are, but man, it's it's serviceable when you get down to it.
1: Do you think they have the and best
3: rotation? They always through twenty twenty three.
2: Mm. Yeah. 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 And he's not even getting yeah. paid that much. I'm pretty sure it's a pretty team friendly deal. If yeah, you look he's at making it,
3: ten to twelve million. A year.
2: <laughs> that's that's Dick. a steal for yeah. Signing, yeah. signing type pitcher.
0: Definitely, I guess with that. I mean, we're talking about the Padres here, the Dodgers a little bit. I'm looking at some of these odds right now, since I know you guys are big into that kind of stuff. Padres right now at plus two hundred to win the division. The Dodgers at minus three hundred. Is there? a reason I should be putting my money on either of these teams right now going into the season?
1: I think there's a little more value in the Padres just because everyone's on the Dodger bandwagon and everyone's going to hop on that. But I think you're getting plus money in the Padres, so it's way better than minus money for the Dodgers. So I think there's value in sprinkling a little money on the Padres. Yeah. I mean, I have a tough time laying minus 300 at any point, especially,
3: you know, before the season starts when we get later into the season, you know, if they've got a 15, 20 game lead, then that's a, you know, that's a different conversation we could have. But I mean, to, to lay minus 300 before the season starts, ah, it's a little too much that, too rich yeah. for my blood. Yeah.
2: I like what Nick said because baseball is like a weird sport, man. Like anything could happen. Like maybe all the Dodgers arms get hurt. All the Padres arms get hurt. Tatis Machado could get hurt. Like weird stuff can happen. Yeah. So I like the Padres in this, case at the plus 200 like you said but i think the daughters will win at the end of the day
3: and are we sure it's a 2 man race between those two in the west there's nobody you know the, the, the backs with bumgarner and gallon they're not going to pop up
2: i don't think so not in a full 162 i don't think so yeah. i think it's just going to be those yeah. two at the top
1: are we even sure bumgarner is going to come back to his original self no yeah, yes. oh, not, uh, not at
3: this point. They're yeah. talking about
1: gallons starting opening day. I mean, it's you know,
3: yeah, and then I don't know he, how you um, look that guy in the face and say, "Hey, buddy, you're not pitching opening day when you're looking <laughs> at three mad bum." But nah, man.
1: And yeah. then in Colorado, there th- there are rumors that Trevor Story's gone. That he's going to get traded by the deadline. So
0: yeah, I wanted to bring that up with the Rockies just in general. I think they're going to have a really bad season. I kind of think that's what they're going for right now. I'm going to pull up their win total projections here, and I'm going to see what you guys think about that because I think no matter what it is, I'm probably going under, and I just wanted to see if you guys are with me on that. I'm sorry, I can't find him here, sorry. That,
3: that could have happened for baseball is what's happening right now where all the front offices are getting smart at the same time in, in terms of analytics and things like that. And they're getting to a point where they realize they saw the Astros lose 100 games three years in a row. And they're like, oh, you know, we can do that too. And we'll be able to draft and we can go to the rule five and we can pull from all these different pools and grab young guys early in, in these you know selection processes. And so now these teams don't mind losing 100 games for a couple of years. So you see teams like the Orioles and the Tigers and the Rockies are on that path now, too. And it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's a smart business move, but man, it hurts. I mean, it hurts the game. Nobody wants to go when you know your team is going to lose 100 games every year. I mean, that's, you know, right. you got nothing to look forward to as a fan. Yeah. Uh, I that, think the players
1: like it either.
0: Yeah, I definitely. Mean, it's the, the process, as it was called in Philadelphia for NBA, you know, that's a little bit more up my alley, but I figure it's kind of like that situation where just losing on purpose really. Just to get better players in the future. But I did pull up the over under for their wins this season 63.5. That's really not that much. But do you guys think I'm crazy if I just put a few dollars down on the under and just ride with that going into the season?
2: Yeah, that's that means they're going to be pretty bad because that means they're going to be losing about 100 games. So that's never good. But Man, I don't know what the record, like, worst record in the MLB has ever been, but I mean, <laughs> they're they're, pro- they're probably gonna get lit up this year, so we'll we'll have to see. But I, I wouldn't be comfortable betting on over under for for the Rockies, in my opinion, because it could be either way. It could really be above that or right below that. So,
1: yeah, I wouldn't touch them. They're just really bad. They're they're tanking, and you don't know what management's gonna do towards the trade line. They might sell the whole, <laughs> they might sell everyone. So. I would just stay away. Their opening day starter carries a career 425 ERA. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Speaking of win totals, I do have two win totals that I wrote down for the Dodgers and Padres. For the Dodgers, it's at 104.5. That's the highest total since the 1990 Yankees, and they went under. They're the 16 since 1990 with a win total of 100 or higher. All previously, five went under. As good as the Dodgers are, I think I would have to look at the under. That's a lot of baseball games they're winning. A lot of their guys, they're going to sit out a couple games on a Tuesday night in Minnesota. You know, they're not going to want to play every game. I don't know. That's what I
3: was saying. Yeah, I I don't know, buddy. Yeah. 104 games is a lot of baseball games to win. And then you factor in things like the age of Kershaw, you know, like you said, maybe he misses a start here and there, you know, just to grab him some rest, and have him ready for October. Because, I mean, as everybody knows, that's kind of been his uh, Achilles heel until this past year when he was finally able to win the World Series. But I mean, I don't know, man, 104, I'd be inclined to go under just because I'm a win totals under guy. And that's where I usually make my money when I bet MLB futures. So, you know, I would tend to lean to the under as well. Mm -hmm.
2: to add to that i just think that like i said with the injuries and the regular season like the teams are super good they're just trying to win their division and then just stay healthy for october you know like that's where the money's made it's in the postseason no one cares if you win a bunch of games in the regular season and can't win a ship you know so they're gonna try to stay healthy for the world series run that they're gonna make this year eventually yeah i agree
0: definitely i mean i'm just looking at them though like i said a casual fan perspective here they picked up trevor bauer who I want to read off these numbers from last year because he was good in the shortened season. 11 starts, 73 innings, only 5 and 4 record, but he 173 ERA, 0.795 whip. We know they got Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw. I don't know, man. This team might get there to that 104, 105. They could be up there. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it, though.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they got a lot of uh, young studs, too, not just those uh, big star names. You also got, like, Dustin May, whose stuff is wicked. You got Julio Urias that was out of the pen and closed the World Series, actually, to win it. And then you also got Tony Gonsolin, who didn't do too hot in the playoffs, but during the regular season last year, he did pretty good. So you're looking at seven guys that could potentially start for the Dodgers and they're going to have to figure out who goes to the pen. So that'll be interesting to see, I think.
3: Yeah, I mean, that rotation is as deep as it gets in LA. And then you put it with the best lineup in baseball. And I mean, you're obviously looking at a powerhouse. That's why Vegas is sitting there with 104 and a half or whatever at 104, even. But it's one of those things where who else do we think can run with them? And, you know, we mentioned the Padres a little bit. And I mean, is that kind of it? Is it just them? I mean,
0: you guys think the
1: Mets can hang with them, the Braves? You know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. it's really just a two team race.
1: According to Vegas, the second highest win total would be the Yankees, so maybe I guess they're kind of saying the Yankees a little bit, but I question them a lot, so –
3: I question the Yankees a lot. And then you also got a factor in that the Yankees being the most popular major league baseball team, Vegas knows that. So they know they can pump the number up uh, yeah. two or three wins when, you know, because they know people are going to buy on the over because the public doesn't like to bet the under and, and Vegas isn't stupid. They know that. So they know that they can make some free money. You know, you, you stick the Yankees over. What is it at 94 and a half for the Yankees? It is 97 yeah, and a half. 90, yeah, see, wow. And I'm on four and, yeah, mean, fan and do, a
0: half. I was going to say on FanDuel right now, you can get it at 95 and a
3: half. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, okay. and the Yankees aren't winning 97 games. They don't have the rotation to do that. So,
0: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, I would ball, take, they're take they're that.
0: Prone. I, I would say if you can get it at the 97, I would go. With the under on that. That's a
3: that's a, that's a that's a thing. And you heard me say it a little bit earlier, but man, I'm I'm big on the MLB unders. I've made a lot of money in the last five years doing it that way. And you don't pick every under, but you identify teams that had a big offseason. They draw the offseason hype. Their numbers inflated a little bit. And mathematically, it's just not realistic for a team to win that many games. What was I looking at the other day? I was looking at the field. Was it the –
1: no, the Mets. The Mets were at like 95. The Mets aren't winning 95 games. Yeah, right now I have it at They're 89 not. and a half. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and FanDuel
3: yeah. got so, it right now at 91, so yeah the the Yeah, the, the NL East is too competitive for them to win that many games, so mathematically that's just one of those things where you kind of just got to piece it together and say, yeah, it's a tough road to get to 91 wins
1: or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I agree, and they still don't have a closer. I'm, I'm not sure Diaz is our guy. He's been so inconsistent since he's got there. And do we really like J.D. Davis or is he an everyday third baseman? You know, so there's a lot of questions. So I, w- I would go under for that as well.
0: Yeah, I guess we can talk about our division a little bit. And when I say our, I mean the NL East. The NL East. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me and Nick and Derek all from Maryland area. So big Nationals fans, big Nats guys. 2019 World Series champions. We got to mention that. (laughs) Yes, sir. Congrats.
2: Congrats. Congrats. (laughs)
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then I also say our division because my boy Dylan here, like I said at the beginning, Mets fan. We've been going back and forth for years ever since I met him. So yeah, great. I want to start with you guys. Who you got winning that division? Because if you're watching (laughs) any of the videos, I'm putting up, You see what I got on. I got my dad's. We're taking that. So who who All y'all got?
2: Right. I, I'll go first. I'm sorry to break it to y'all. I might break your hearts right here, but I think I'm going with the Braves. There, oh. I, I I just I just ruined everyone's day. But I I think they're really good and they almost beat the Dodgers in the NLCS. So I think I got to go with them. I just think they're going to be really good this year. So I want to hear what you your guys' thoughts are on that.
3: Dude,
1: well, they had the Dodgers three one. I know. I know. I know. I'll go. I'm obviously going to go with my team. I can't bet against them. I think we improved tremendously. I, I really wanted to get George Springer, but that Francisco Indoor deal was great. I think Jeff McNeil is a great everyday player. Pete Alonso has to improve. Conforto really good. And we shorted up our catcher spot. We got James McCann. So we'll see how he does. We wanted JT, but you knew he was going to stay in Philly. Obviously I'm a little biased, but I think we have the best starting five when healthy too. So... We just have to clear up our closing back end of our bullpen, and I think we'll be all right this year.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I just say it'll be really competitive, regardless of who comes out on top. Like, it's not going to be a one one person race, you know, to the top. There could be three, maybe even four teams competing for a spot at the top, potentially, depending on how the season
1: goes and whatnot. Yeah, and I think we're forgetting about the Marlins. They snuck up on a lot of people. Just
3: getting ready to say the the, the Miami Marlins, man, they made the playoffs last year and won a series.
1: We all slept on it, and look what they (laughs) did. They just kept proving everyone wrong.
3: Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, you know, I I would love to go with my nationals, but I actually got to agree with Tom on this one. I think the Braves are going to take the East this year. It's going to be their third year in a row winning the division. They added Charlie Morton to that rotation. Max Freed is a beast. Ian Anderson is a beast. Mike Soroka, if they can get him back healthy, he's an ace. They were able to bring back Marcelo Zuna, and obviously they got the core of Albies, Acuna, and Freeman, and that lineup is lethal when you look at it top to bottom. They're going to be able to win 90 games, but again, I agree with all you guys where it's a situation where maybe the Braves win the division at 90 games and the Marlins, for we using for an example, are, are finished fifth, and they could still win 80 games. That whole division top to bottom is going
1: to be manslaughter. You know, every one what, what of those teams play 30 times a year. I mean, it's, you know... Yeah, I agree with what Bryce Harper said. He said that we have the best division and toughest division in the the whole MLB, and I would agree because all five teams are very competitive, and we play each other very hard too.
0: Yeah, definitely. And to that point, FanDuel right now got the odds with the Mets, best odds to win the division at plus 130. Atlanta Braves right behind them, plus 140. Nats all the way down at plus 650. Phillies at plus 850, and then the Marlins at plus 3,200. So, <laughs> any lines there, you guys, thinking about peppering a couple dollars? I
1: mean, you should definitely sprinkle a little on the Braves and the Mets. There's all no plus money, so I think it's good value there. I don't know about the Marlins. That's a little reach, but. Yeah,
4: they yeah.
3: still. They still. They still have a long way to go. They're. They have a mm. lot of young talent, but they're not ready to win this division. Not yet.
0: Yeah. Sixto Sanchez.
2: That's what I just. It's I was master. just about to say that. That dude's a beast. Just he runs is. it up to hundred, and his change ups ninety two. That's ridiculous. I wish I could throw ninety two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think young, we all right? do. Bro.
2: Yeah. And that's his how, old, change-up. how
1: old is that kid?
2: Um. um I'd, I'd say 20, he's under 25. 20. I just made a video of, like, best players under 25, and he was in there. So, under 25. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he's
3: 22.
0: I'm looking at him right okay. now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just Jesus pulled up Yeah, he's, he's so definitely a beast.
3: Sure. Last year was his first taste of the majors, if I'm correct, mm-hmm.
2: right? Okay, I think he'll still be eligible to be a rookie this year as oh, well. Oh, wow. Same with uh, Randy Reyna, which is ridiculous to think That's about. crazy. <laughs> yeah, he balled out in the playoffs. He did, he did, he did. Whatever
1: happened beast. to him in the other country? Did you hear about that? He, he some... got into some trouble or something like mm-hmm. that. Some yeah, girls. will he be
2: all right? I think they resolved it. I think there's issues with his girlfriend, baby mama, so- someone. <laughs> uh,
0: some baby know. mama drama. You yeah, know it, man.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. know it. <laughs> But I, I think everything's all right. Otherwise, I think it'd be bigger news by now. Yeah, definitely.
0: So. Yeah, I guess from there we can talk about another story. There's just so many stories in MLB right now that I thought were huge. Fernando Tatis, he got paid. 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 I should have had the numbers up. It's yeah, a it 40. 14, Here we go. I knew what it was. 340. 340. Okay. Yeah, like I said, he got paid.
1: Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. It's uh, a true commitment, no trade clause.
0: Yeah, do you guys think he's worth that money right now? He's really only played in terms of like games played, like one full season.
1: Yeah, he's only played uh, 143 games. Yeah.
0: So I just want to get you guys' take on that. You guys think that's crazy to pay somebody like that after a really? I do. Actually, that's just, a short time.
1: I do just because when you his is the third largest contract besides Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. And they got theirs at age 27, so they played hundreds of games more. This guy hasn't even played a full season, and I don't even know what I'm doing next week. They're locking him up for 14 <laughs> years. That that's insane to me. I, I mean, this guy's the limit with the kid. He's amazing, but for 14 years, kudos.
2: Yeah, it, I, it's really surprising in my opinion. Like looking from a team perspective, I feel like you just want to ride out that initial like rookie contract and pay him when you have to. But I think that's good for Tatis, good for him and his team for getting that done because he's going to be staying in San Diego for a long time now because of that, so... Yeah, him. I'm
3: oh yeah, I, I don't know, man. I got a different take on that one because you know, as a Nationals fan, I sat there and watched them run through Bryce Harper's six years of service time and not paid him, and then ran through Anthony Rendon's six years of service time and not paid him. And you know, now we're looking at the same thing with Trey Turner and Juan Soto coming up. So it's one of those situations where which comes first the chicken or the egg. And and in this scenario, I think the Padres being proactive. If Tatis continues on the trajectory he's on, that's gonna end up being a steal in terms of money per year and annual average. Value because the next couple guys to get paid, you know, Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna is going to have to get paid at some point, and those guys are going to be looking at $500 million contracts. Yeah. So, and then you look at it where in, in terms of Bryce Harper, and I don't know if Chris remembers me saying it, but I was actually really anti-Washington re-signing Harper and Rendon for the simple fact that those guys wanted longer-term deals. And and if you ink Bryce Harper at his in his age 25 season to a 14-year deal, you know you're paying him through his age 40 season. Is he really worth 30 million dollars at age 40? I don't think he is. And then the same went for Anthony Rendon. He was 30 looking for a new contract for a seven-year contract. Man, you have to pay him 33 through 37 years old at 30 30 million dollars a year to me that's not worth it but when you look at a guy like Tatis who's only 22 well then yeah you know at that point just age becomes a separator and at that point that money becomes worth it to me because you're looking at a longer prime for a guy like Tatis than we are when Harper and those guys got paid
2: yeah I like, I, I like the point you made about how like in the future say like 10 years down the road how it could be a massive steal for the Padres but you you better hope that he's you better gonna be play right him. yeah yeah because if you Fans will not be happy if this goes south like quickly. Like he gets hurt and he doesn't live up to the contract.
1: So yeah, if they fail, if they fail, they're frauds. I think <laughs> honestly, <laughs> they banked on a 22 year old kid that hasn't shown you he could stay healthy. But I, I, I get what he's saying about you don't know if he was actually going to be that man like with Bryce Harper in the situation with Washington. I get it that he's young, but I hope he does do well. Honestly, I really do.
0: Yeah, I was gonna hop in here on this one. Actually, I like the move a lot. Maybe I'm just a big fan of Tatis. I think this guy is spectacular. As a casual fan, like I said, I love guys that bring that flair to the game. He has it, he has that superstar just charisma and potential. He's got the dreads, he's running around, he's fast, he's electric, he can hit for power. I like it just because like Siegs was saying. I like locking up my guys early before they can hit the market because you never know if you're going to be able to resign them. And by that time they could look at the team, like you guys didn't believe in me all this time. And now my contract's up. I'm, I'm going to go somewhere where they, they want me. And even if that's not the case, like you, you might want that player, but they might just leave. So I'm with it. I got a question for you guys with that, because I think that the league needs, Fernando Tatis to be the face of the league. So I wanted to get you guys' take. Is he the face of the league or can he be?
2: I think he's definitely headed in that direction. Major League Baseball is definitely going to try to market and squeeze every penny out of this dude because, like you said, he has that superstar potential and he's almost there. But I think, as more like a dedicated fan or more of like the old school fans, they're going to say that Mike Trout's the face of MLB right now. But I definitely think that. Tatis is on the way and to more casual fans and younger fans it's, it's a lot more appealing and could definitely draw a lot of attention to Major League Baseball because of him so uh, right now I think uh, Mike Trout's still the face of Major League Baseball in terms of play and whatnot but Fernando Tatis Jr. will definitely be marketed as the face of Major League Baseball very soon and is right now so
1: yeah, I Go ahead, Dylan. Uh, my fault. I, I was just going to agree. I think, yeah, I'm kind of one of those old school mind. I, I think Mike Trout is maybe Aaron, um, Aaron uh, DJ LeMay, who or even the guy down in Washington. I love Juan Soto, but he's definitely trending up towards the face of the league. They're going to definitely promote him now since he got this huge contract.
3: He calls him that guy down in Washington. Like he's not one of the best hitters <laughs> in the big. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I let that one slide, man. Let me. Go on let me Soto. Man. This is my take. And I, and I told y'all before the show, I had a take on it. And this is my take Fernando Tatis is the face of baseball right now. However, Mike Trout should be. And it's a travesty that the MLB continues to find a way to neglect their best player and they, they continue to find ways to not market their best player. And that's crazy to me. I, I don't understand how or why they do that. And let me make an example of it where two baseball products were announced within a month of each other. The first one was MLB, the show, mm. right? And Fernando Tatis is the cover athlete for this year's game. And I've been you, seeing it also, everywhere. You've seen the promos, you've seen the videos. They got the little cartoon sitting down next to Fernando Tatis and they're playing together and they got all kinds of stuff going on for that. Meanwhile, at the same time, Mike Trout released his signature cleat. Did any of y'all know that?
1: No, you
3: just told me.
0: Nope. Exactly.
3: Exactly. The fact that they just can't seem to find a way to market their best player. Mike Trout is not just the best player right now. He's one of those guys where we're talking about him as the best player ever. And you can't find a way to get his face on, on a video game or a box of baseball. I mean, nothing. (laughs) You don't see him anywhere. And it it is crazy to me. And and I just don't understand how or why they just don't do it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's. Oh, no, go ahead, Dylan.
3: Okay, well, I was just saying. Oh, uh, (laughs) no, you're good. You're good, Chris. But
2: I was just saying I I 100 percent like agree with that I was kind of along the lines of my take, how Fernando Tatis Jr. is getting promoted the most, whereas you have possibly the greatest player of all time right now and when he's gone, we'll probably look back on him and wish we would have cherished him more for what he was. But yeah, I just think it's like you said, uh Nick, that it's a travesty that he hasn't been marketed more. And
3: it's not a knock on Tatis. Tatis is great and he and he's fun to watch. He, you know, he draws kids to the game of baseball. And you know, you see him doing things like flipping the bat and spring training. You know, he makes it fun and I get marketing him, but it's just you know, when you compare the two, I mean it's you're comparing Barry Bonds and, and me. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> not <laughs> it's just not, I don't know, man. It's 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 just baffling to me. It really is.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you guys brought that up. I was gonna say, I don't think the league ever really did a good job marketing Mike Trout. I always thought he was the best player. Just like I said, just watching a little bit, turning on Sports Center. He was always making plays, but they never really talk about him unless you're watching MLB Network or something like that. They're not really mentioning Mike Trout that much. Like you guys said, he's not really out there that much. And I was gonna As do you guys think they're going to do a better job maybe with Fernando Tatis, because I think baseball really needs to do something at this point to attract younger viewers. I know a lot of people in my community growing up, we weren't really watching the MLB like that. I kind of grew and started watching it as I got older, but it wasn't ever really put in front of us, I felt like so. Do you guys have a strong take on that or anything? Do you guys think that MLB can do better with that or will they do better with that? I should say.
1: I think they have to now with the deal, because especially for us on the East coast, it's hard to watch San Diego games. It's 10, 10:30 at night. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go to sleep. And they're 27th media market on the West coast. And I feel like that's objectively bad for baseball. If you claim he's the star of the league then you need to do a better job putting Padre games on national televised games to get him out more. That's my take. I think it's objectively bad that he's he's still there.
2: Yeah. I think what would help is with MLB.TV, they have like blackout restrictions because of uh, like local media rights or something along those lines. So like, Basically me, I live in Washington state. So if I were to try to watch a Mariners game on uh, MLB TV, I wouldn't be able to. So stuff like that kind of gets in the way and it just sucks because you want to watch your favorite team player, favorite player play, but you can't. So I think that's really tough on trying to get fans and retaining fans as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I guess we can move on from that and get back to on the field stuff Talk about some of the biggest acquisitions this year. Obviously, we talked about a couple guys and Nolan Arenado, Trevor Bauer, a few others. But I just wanted to ask you which guy on a new team is going to make the biggest impact.
2: Well, I had Nolan Arenado on this list already, but we already covered him. So I got two other guys. I have George Springer with the Blue Jays and Lancelin with the White Sox. I'll start with George Springer. I like him. Because that team has a lot of young guys. Their core is super young. And adding a guy like George Springer that is really, really good. I got some stats here. He has a career 365 Woba, which is kind of like a stat that replaces OPS and kind of puts a value to each outcome the hitter can have. So a home run obviously has more weight. And creating runs than like a single or a walk, right? So, those things get taken into account. And 365 is really, really good, especially over a career. And he has that postseason experience as well with the Astros. I mean, they cheated and whatnot, but <laughs> you still, you still can't, I mean, hate on the guy because he's balled out. I like his batted ball profile as well. He's 90% or above an expected woba, well, expecting bag average, and expected slugging percentage. And all those stats just mean that his stat cast data. So like his exit velocity, launch angle, whatnot, and where the ball was hit are all super good. So he should have had like a higher batting average and whatnot last year. So I think a lot of those stats indicate he could have like a breakout season with the Blue Jays and definitely help him out this year.
0: Definitely. Hey, real quick. I wanted
2: to get that stat you do. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. it called
0: again? Cause okay, I want to look okay. this up. It might help me in my fantasy yeah, baseball yeah, yeah, league, yeah, yeah. you
2: know, it's, It's more of like an advanced stat. It's called WOBA. So W-O-B-A. Weighted on base average is what it stands for, the acronym. And then there's another Uh. one called WRC plus weighted runs created plus. And the plus just means that it's comparable throughout the league. So 100 is league average and anything above that is better than league average. And then anything below 100 is below league average. So in the case of George Springer, he has like 134 WRC plus, which means he's 34 percent better than league average, basically. So there's a lot. There's I mean, a how lot did of. Did you stats. watch Moneyball, man? <laughs> hey, hey, talking about Moneyball, that's one of my favorite movies. That's my so, movie, man. I love it. Yeah, man. great yeah, movie. It gives, it gives me chills it, every time I watch it. So yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. No, I appreciate that. For me and anyone listening, obviously, like I said, I'm a casual fan. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen these on stat sheets, but I never knew what uh-huh. they were. So, uh
2: huh. Oh yeah, that
1: even
0: existed either.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of just like advanced stats. I could give out some good websites to look at that I use for like stats and whatnot. FanGraphs is a really good one. Baseball Reference and Baseball Savant, Baseball, and then S A V A N T. So those are what I used when I researched like stats or whatnot for my videos. So those really helped me out a lot.
0: Look, see, my fancy <laughs> baseball league, you guys in trouble this year, man. I know <sighs> Nick and Dylan in there, you guys in trouble, yeah. telly. No but, yeah. yeah, I mean, if we can get back to the MLB topics here, though. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so I wanted to let you guys go. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't let you guys yeah, go on the acquisition.
3: There was a couple moves that I liked, man. That you know, you you talk about. We talked about Snell. We talked about Darvish, Lindor. But there was a couple kind of lower key signings that I really liked. Cubs brought in Jock Peterson, and I don't know if you guys have been watching a lot of Bring Training Baseball, but Peterson is raking, man. He's got five home runs, ten RBI. Really? we're only 10 games in, you know, what are we, 15 games in at this point? Yeah, he's having a huge spring. And then another guy, he's one of my guys. So, you know, I don't mean to toot my own horn here, but Josh Bell, the last couple of days has been raking as well. I think he's got three home runs in the last three days, if I remember correctly. So he's been having himself a nice spring as well. And both of those guys, I think are guys that can kind of improve lineups that, you know, they're not necessarily the anchor of the lineup, but they can provide a little bit of protection in Peterson's case with Bryant and Rizzo and in Bell's case with Turner and Soto. I think those two signings are solid signings they didn't have to overpay and they could really provide a lot of value for their
1: team you guys even got Kyle Schwarber too to solidify your lineup yeah. as well is he gonna play left field cause Juan's there right they're gonna stick Juan in right
3: hmm. and, and Schwarber's gonna play left which Juan played right all through the minors and, and they said he
1: taught himself left field on the fly once he got up to the big <laughs> that's ridiculous out there. yeah yeah, that's why that's, he's baseball, prob- man. That, that's why I think he's probably the best well According to – he's a left fielder. That's why I thought he was a left fielder. That's why I thought he was the best left fielder.
3: No, the, the report is that he's going to he's gonna start in right this year and
1: oh, don't have nice. four around in left. Yeah, that solidifies nice. your offense.
0: Sounds good to me. Dylan, was there any other accusations you wanted to I bring mean, you, up? Or? I
1: mean, you guys talked about most of the guys I brought up. Like breakout guys, I talked about – Kyle Lewis from Seattle. He's He was a rookie That's last a year. He Seattle had, has
3: a lot of good young
1: talent. Yeah, he had a 364 on base percentage with 11 home runs. But he kind of fell off the last 20 games, so they said they need to see him be more consistent. And I also – I know he's old, but Miguel Cabrera, I think we saw a glimpse at his greatness last year. He had 10 home runs, 35. He finally got back to hitting over 300. And it's worth mentioning he's only – 13 home runs away from 500 and 130 hits from 3,000. So if he turns to be good again, I I think they should be all right.
2: Yeah, I like that Miggy one that you're talking about. Just surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. He's checked everything off the resume list and Hall of Fame list that you can think of. So I I like that one actually a lot.
0: Definitely, definitely. I guess with these next couple, we could just go through them quickly. We could give our answers real quick. And then if there's any debate, we can talk about it because some hard hitters right here. I was going to talk about first the best everyday player in the league. We kind of touched on it. I think you guys all said Mike Trout. I just wanted to make sure that was the case. Anybody think that somebody's better than Mike Trout right now?
2: No, I, I don't nah, think, so. I think we're in lockstep on that one.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. The next logical conversation is. Who's the best pitcher in the league? We didn't really get to talk on this that much. Anybody jump in. Who you got? I gotta take. You guys probably know what it is, but <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: I think Dylan should go first because I think I know who it is for him yeah. being a- a oh best. I know that one. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: the go. It's uh Jacob the Grom. so. I think he got robbed last year for the Cy Young, and then Trevor Bowers over there playing games, talking about he wanted to possibly come and join us. He was just playing games for social media. But getting back to DeGrom, I think he's just an animal. Like You kind of see a little of Max Scherzer in him, where as the game goes on, he just throws harder and harder. And he could pin the corners, he gets ground balls. It's just a shame recently that the Mets haven't been able to produce runs for him, because What he went, his Cy Young year one, like 10 games, 11 games. It was a travesty. If he was on the Yankees or Red Sox that year, he would have won 20 games. So I think Jacob DeGrom is probably the best. But close second, I like Shane Bieber, the Indians. He had an amazing year last year. So I like Shane Bieber as second. Yeah, I agree with Jacob DeGrom
2: being best pitcher in baseball stuff's nasty you just watch like a spring training game when he starts he's starting 100 miles per hour and 95 mile per hour off speed pitches that's unheard of that's unheard of that's most guys fastballs so <laughs> uh, the goat the goat i have yeah, him as the best the goat. yeah i'm
3: with the both of you guys as well it's, it's the ground for me i mean you go and watch one of my favorite things to do is just kind of scroll through pitching ninja's profile man and every now and then he'll put up a the ground clip and just the movement he gets to run on his fastball to drop on his change up and he I mean he's filthy from top to bottom and what did he have in, in 18 a 1.7 ERA I mean it's you know it, it's not even close and then you listen to and I'm gonna say it again Pitching Ninja did an interview with Marcus Stroman and you listen to how Marcus Stroman talks about Jacob DeGrom he's infatuated with the guy himself so you know you're hearing it from a guy who's who's up next close to him every day and he can't get enough of watching him throw a bullpen or whatever else it may be so put that all together and yeah I don't think there's any question that DeGrom's probably the best pitcher in the game.
0: Yeah, a 1-7 in 2018. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: But for me, y'all know where I'm going with this, man. I owe it the homer pick. Man. But he has the accomplishments, man. I'm I looking here. Three-time Cy Young winner. 2019 World Series champion. <laughs> two 20 strikeout games in his career. That's my boy, Max Scherzer. I know I'm probably just being a homer. But I do think he's dominant. Yeah, I guess no, you guys can tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> no,
2: there's definitely <laughs> you're not wrong. validity there. Like, I mean, yeah, if you're talking about accomplishments, yeah, I think he's 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 done a lot over his career and very good with Detroit and your Nationals as well. But I, I just think right now, like stuff-wise, if we're talking about purely stuff-wise and getting hitters out, I guess Jacob DeGrom, but don't count Max Scherzer out. That boy, he can turn it up every now and then. So I, I like him as well.
1: There's just something about him. When I was down in Towson and I I went to a Nationals game, I got to see Max Scherzer pitch. And like what I was describing with Jacob DeGrom, as the game went on, he was throwing harder. He was more intense. He was more dialed in. And I appreciated that because a lot of people, you know, they only want to pitch six, five innings, give it to the bullpen. This guy wants to go out and he gives it his all. And you know it when you see it. So I do respect Max Scherzer a lot, so.
0: Yeah, that was a great game we went to, man. Yeah, it was amazing. That was <laughs> awesome. Him it. versus Scherzer versus DeGrom, man. Because they're possibly much better. Hall
1: of Famers, so you just got to appreciate it. Yeah, you know, you just got to respect it. Absolutely.
0: Definitely. But yeah. I wanted to move on. Oh, no, go ahead, Derek. Right, Definitely man. hop in. Hop in here.
4: You guys, like, completely dismantled anything I could have thought I knew about baseball. But – there's one thing that I want to talk about. What do you guys think about Justin Verlander and the Astros situation going on with him missing the entire season? Like, where do you think they're going to go from there? What they is- need
3: to get him back healthy quickly yeah, and okay. in a he, hurry because they got a lot he, of rotation problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I think he's going to be out the whole season though because of the Tommy John. I don't think he's coming back this year. He's not playing this year. I don't think he is. Um, yeah, no,
1: I'm reading he's not. He went. He underwent what Tommy John surgery, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah,
4: throwing today, so it looks like he's doing pretty good in recovery. But Mm -hmm. you know, you know, but that's I figured that would have been a pretty tough thing because I I just remember Verlander in the World Series game against the Nats, he was a pretty vital piece for for the Astros. So, yeah, for sure,
0: he's been a dominant pitcher for a long time, man.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're talking about more Hall of Famers, that's going to be one as well. And I also think it'll be interesting because. I think it's either this year or next year's contract year, like his contracts up with the Astros. I don't know what's going to happen there. If he's going to sign like a team friendly deal with someone to try and compete again or try to get more money. Who, who knows, honestly. So
3: I think this is the last, the last year of last uh year of Scherzer's deal too. In
0: DC. That could be
1: big.
0: <laughs> yeah, see my eyes. <laughs> gotta, check up on that. gotta get him back if that's the case.
1: <laughs> well, mentioned that Justin Verlander is gonna miss the year. Do they do they still have Zach Ranky and uh Lance McCullers? Yeah, they'll have them and also uh is it Christian Javier, like a rookie that's
2: coming up that's pretty oh, good sure, as well. Year is pretty good. Yeah, but that yeah, kid yeah.
3: um was it your Keedy that got hurt? couple weeks ago one i know one of their, their yeah young
2: mm-hmm. got hurt. i think he pitched in the playoffs too against the nationals as well during that
3: world series Yeah, he pitched run. that game in four against uh that was the one when max was supposed to go and or no that was game five max was supposed to go and and was hurt and didn't go until game seven and Brown you know you
1: don't see the astros having to rebuild right
2: I think this is going to be their last like big hoorah. Like if they don't get it done this year, I think a lot of guys are going to like the team's going to break up basically because I mean, I, I don't think they really want to resign with the team after what kind of legacy they had with the cheating scandal and whatnot. So I think they're all going to go their separate ways once their contracts are up and they're going to be asking for a lot of money as well. So we'll have to see.
1: Yeah. Because weren't they thinking about trading their shortstop, right?
2: Yeah, because I think his contract, I'm pretty sure, is up this year. So I they got Altuve and Bregman locked up to big deals for long term. And then after that, they just re-signed Michael Brantley, I think, to a two-year deal. But mm-hmm. they got some young hitters as well, like Jordan Alvarez is coming up. He's going to be a beast this year for them. But I just think their last push is going to be this year, and then you're going to have question marks across the whole team going forward. Mm.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna bring up talk about the Astros. Is it weird that I'm a huge Altuve fan? Like, I love that little guy. He's awesome. He had... I hate Alex Bregman. Like, I don't like to say I hate. I shouldn't say that. That's that's too that's too strong of a word for me. I usually don't say that, but like, I just don't like that guy for some reason. Like, what's what's I, going on I with lo- that?
1: I loved them all until I found out they were cheaters. Mm. Like. When I found that out, that hurt. I lost so much respect because they were the little guys. Like I know you don't like Berkman, but they're sluggers. And to find out that they had an advantage, it left a sour taste in my mouth for them. Of course, they're really talented, but yeah. Everyone's yeah. gonna be in the back of their mind where like they they cheated.
4: You know, All right. yeah. I mean, I, I sure. like those guys, and
1: I'm sure I would view them completely differently had they beaten us that year
3: in the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have, you know, felt some type of way about it, but man, when Bregman dropped his bat at first base, you know, I'm I'm pro talk your talk, so I'm sitting there like, oh, okay. And I think I tweeted it out, man. I said, if if Soto hits a home run, he needs to drop his bat at Bregman's feet in third base. <laughs> That'd and be no, hilarious. Two later, when he hit that home run, two innings later, and he did, and he dropped his bat at first base. Oh, I was beside myself. I was so. Happy.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is that is pretty funny. I Fired That's up, funny. great.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much the main reason why I dislike Bragman. But he he did that. I'm with you guys. I'm usually that talk your stuff, but I don't know. It happened to me. Yeah, I didn't it like you, it too much. Like <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, hey, Juan,
3: I, Juan got him back, man.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely happy about that.
2: Yeah, I couldn't imagine being a Nationals fan during that World Series. Man, too much stress. Too much stress. Like you didn't know you're gonna win the game until oh, Howie Kendrick hit that. You know, down yeah. down the line. Howie cool. Kendrick came up so
1: clutch that World Series. I know,
0: Dude, I didn't know who we were getting out of the wild card, man. It was every series. Well, I think we swept, swept the Cardinals. The yeah. we but every the- other series was – it was touch and go for a minute there, man. Edge of my seat. The whole it was crazy. We the two games
3: series. in the Dodgers and that, uh, that Astros series, man. It was,
0: it, was Zou- it was
3: a lot as a fan, man.
0: Yeah, live and die with every pitch, really, man. Yeah.
1: I was lucky enough to experience it. I was down with you down in Maryland when you guys won it. Yeah, of course, we were you know off. I won the but you know I'm glad someone from our division won. So it was cool to Can see do. the whole two states actually. Well, DC's not a state, but you know the two communities just everyone come together. It was a cool sight. Even
3: so it's VA. funny, man. We, we've we talked quite a bit about
1: the Nationals World Series and kind of
3: ignored the fact that there was a whole World Series in between it last year, which is, was actually a really good series. I, I say that in saying, you know, do you guys kind of discredit last year because it was that 60 game season this year going to be that first full year of baseball since 19? Is that how you guys kind of see it?
2: I kind of view it as like the Dodgers won it. I think they're the best team in baseball in 2020 regardless. So it's not like some random team won it, some kind of flu. Like if the Marlins won it, like I don't think they would have repeated that kind of (laughs) success this year. But I mean, the Dodgers won it and they're going to be the best team this year going into the season. So I view it as a legit championship. There's some difficult aspects because of the coronavirus and all that mess that went on and they proved themselves so.
0: I think it's a legit World Series. I'm with you
3: on that. And my thing was, you know, I really didn't watch as much baseball last year as I normally do, just because it didn't feel, you know, it didn't really feel like baseball. You know, it didn't feel like the season mattered as much. But then as soon as we got to October, man, that switch flipped. And, I, oh, I was fired up for those noon games. And we had four or five games a day all throughout the month of October. As soon as
1: we got to October, it felt real. So, yeah, good on the Dodgers for winning last year. Mm -hmm. I agree with both of you. It's kind of like the Astros where it's kind of like a little asterisk for me, but they are champs. They clearly were the best team for all 60 of the games. But you're right. I kind of not got disinterested in it, but I just wasn't watching as much baseball as I normally do, especially with the new rules, like people starting on second base, relief pitchers having to face three batters now. You actually have to go and think about your moves before you just put a lefty on a lefty for three pitches, how they normally do. And that kind of that strayed me away from the game a little bit. But you're right. As soon as October hit, oh, I was fired up, especially mm-hmm. here where I could bet on it. It's even more of a rush.
0: I was just going to say from, like, my perspective, I'm with you guys. As I definitely wasn't as excited about baseball season last year. Didn't really follow as much. I started out real good, actually, until the Marlins got COVID. And then I kind of lost faith that everything was going to work out and that the season was going to go good. But from there, I actually thought MLB did a good job. I was happy with the results, obviously, other than the Nationals not being in it. But overall, I thought MLB did a good job. I can't take anything away from the Dodgers at all. Just like the Lakers in basketball, people will say, oh, there was no fans. They were in the bubble. But at the end of the day, two teams got to go on the field and play. And they went out and did it. So other teams had the same opportunity that they did, and they didn't take advantage. Yep. So, like you guys said, the Dodgers were the best team, they're the champs, and we go from there.
3: <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yeah, I think you nailed it.
0: I did want to bring up this last one. I actually see my guy Tom on his YouTube page, Tom Talk Sports. Obviously, he made a video with the top 25 players, and his was at every position. But I kind of want to just get who do you guys think is the the best player in the league under 25, the guy that right now, if you were a GM of a team and you could think of one guy to start your franchise around, who are you going with?
1: I, I, wrote a, I wrote a lot down, but if I had to pick one guy to toss up between Juan Soto and Acuna Jr., that solidified my offense immediately. And I, I probably would take Juan Soto just because he's a little younger and he's a stud already. Wait, 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 say it again. Say it again. <laughs> that, that, that guy over in D.C. Yeah,
3: yeah. You, you,
1: I said it one time. <laughs> no, nah, but for real, I, I saw Juan Soto play a lot when me and Chris went to games. And the kid is just light years ahead of just all of the other outfielders, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe besides Ron Okunee Jr. But, yeah, I, I love Juan Soto. I wish he was a man.
2: Yeah, I agree as well. I think I would take Juan So just because I feel like he's the most polished young hitter in the game. But with that being said, if I was a GM to start a franchise, I might have to go with Tatis just for the fact that he plays a mm. premium position. And he's got so much potential, like the sky's the limit. You could hit 40 bombs and steal 40 bags a year. And Acuna is the same way. So I think those three guys are in the mix because Acuna could play a premium position, center field, left field, stick him wherever in the outfield, and he's going to rake and steal bases for you. So I think those three guys uh, I would start a team
1: with. Does Fernando Tatis' health concern you though because he hasn't been able to stay healthy that's my whole thing Juan Mm -hmm. Soto stays healthy besides that one okay okay
2: yeah you definitely have to take that into account as well but I just think a premium position it's like in the NFL you know getting that top quarterback like a draft prospect or best young quarterback in the league like that's so valuable to a team to win and you could argue that with Fernando Tatis Jr. regardless of his health
3: concerns.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you think about that, Nick?
3: For the sake of switching it up a little bit, you know I normally go with my guy Juan in this situation. I think he's probably the best young player in the game. There was a bunch of stats that somebody put out on The Athletic comparing him to Ted Williams, which was crazy to read. Wow how similar those yeah and you know Ted Williams is not a guy you compare most people to man so yeah <laughs> um, definitely <laughs> yeah so but not nah, for, for the sake of changing the argument up a little bit I love Luis Roberts game up in Chicago I, I think Ooh. he's an outstanding center fielder 22 years old and, and he hit in the abbreviated season last year hit 11 jacks 31 RBIs my only concern with him he strikes out a little too much for my liking but you know I, I think if he gets a little more disciplined at the plate and, and you know continues to use the gifted the physical tools that he has I think he could be a star at the major league level i think he's a really good player
2: yeah i like that pick as well like i put him as one of my breakout candidates this year i mean he's just five tool player his speed arm power just everything you could think of and yeah the stats don't show it but i think he's going to dominate the league going forward
1: another guy i wrote down i love vlad jr they said he improved his physical condition he lost some weight (laughs) He gained some speed. He said he could be the guy on the hot corner, so I'm willing to take that. He hits bombs for a living, so there's no question his batting. It's just his defense. Can he lose some weight, and could he get his glove shared up?
0: Yeah, I wanted to say I think Dylan mentioned Acuna a little bit at the beginning. I just wanted to know why nobody really picked him. I'm hearing that he could be a guy, 40 home runs, 40 steals this year. That's a realistic possibility, and that would be insane especially as a guy who plays fantasy baseball, I would love to see that. But do you guys think he's up there with those guys or is he just lacking yeah. something that I'm yeah, missing? By,
3: by, by every stretch of the measure, you know, he, he's one of those guys where like Juan, he's, he's an MLB candidate, an MVP candidate. In 19, he stole 37 bases and scored 127 runs. He's as diverse as they come. I think he gets lost a little bit, unfortunately, in the Fernando Tatis hype and and a lot of hype recently being generated for Juan that Ronald kind of saw earlier in his career versus Juan is starting to see it a little more now. So, you know, it's one of those things where I don't think he necessarily is. I think he's in the same tier with those guys. It's just, he's kind of, the lust factor with Acuna has worn off where we've already gone through this with him already in 18 and 19 with him and now we're doing it with Tatis and Juan Soto so I think it's you know I think all three of them are in the in the same top tier I
2: think it's difficult because we're nitpicking so much here like if you're a GM you're going to take any three of those guys to start a franchise yeah so so I mean they're they're all in the same tier in my opinion it's just personal preference at that point if we were all GMs like if you asked 30 GMs like all 30 teams they'd probably pick different guys for different reasons but I think they're all in the same tier at the end of the day
1: yeah I think Tom hit it right on the head I think it's just personal preference like I have Juan Soto one Acuna two so they're, they're right there it's just all comes
0: down to what we're, we're nitpicking
1: like Tom said so
0: definitely definitely I guess from there were there any guys this year that I should be looking for maybe as breakout candidates, especially me as somebody who plays fantasy baseball, or just any fan out there that's looking for somebody thinking, Hey, this guy could really be something, even though they haven't shown much so far.
2: I think Dylan said it earlier with Vlad jr, but just some stats to go with that. Like his strikeout percentage is 15.6%, which is very low for especially a power hitter that he is. He hits the ball hard He's 93 percentile like in the league for exit velocity, and hard hit percentage. So when you basically hit the ball super hard and don't strike out, that's a pretty good recipe for success at the plate, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And he also has improved his on-base percentage from 772 to 791, which is important as well. I think we touched a little bit on it earlier about Marcus Stroman. I'm going back to my bias, but I think he's going to, he sat out last year due to COVID. He's healthy his mental is healthy I think he, and he gets one of the highest ground ball percentage pitchers out there so I think he has a chance to compete for the number two guy in the rotation especially since Carrasco just got hurt a little bit like I think a couple days ago and Syndergaard won't be back for to like half the way through the season so I think Marcus Stroman could have a breakout season
0: definitely good good one. One,
1: one, one guy I like I like Joe Adele with the Los Angeles Angels
3: I think there's a lot of firepower within that lineup which will enable him to kind of maneuver through and kind of almost be a forgotten man you know behind you're you're talking about behind trout behind rendon guys like that so i think you know there's an opportunity there for him to contribute to their lineup and then another guy that i like a lot they're going to be one of the worst teams in baseball but this player is extremely exciting is kibrian hayes with the pittsburgh pirates man he's he's speed he plays he plays the third base better than a lot of the young guys do now that are in the big so he's going to be a bright spot for a team that's going to have a really bad year
2: yeah, I, I like that as well. And I like him as a pick to win the NL Rookie of the Year as well. So, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I like Brian Hayes a lot. Yeah, yeah. he's sitting he at plus
0: good. 300 on FanDuel odds right now. What, anyway, he had have like
1: five home runs last year or something like that? And yeah, the shortened season. Yeah, he, yeah. he played really well last year.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. definitely. Yeah,
3: he definitely. didn't
1: play in many games as well. I think
2: like 24 or something like that, if I remember. No, he wasn't
3: up the whole year.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So only like he only had nine,
1: he only had 95 plate appearances.
3: Yeah, yeah. He's slashed (laughs) slashed, slashed 376, 442, and 682 with five homers, seven doubles, and two triples. So, any any one rookie of the month in September, yeah, Yeah. he he can play.
2: And he's got a glove over there at the hot corner, so he's going to be a
1: beast. But that's my worry with a lot of these bright stars in these low market areas. Who really pays attention to Pittsburgh besides the people in Pittsburgh? and
3: and yeah. that's the problem because you know in up in seattle they've got uh they've got what's that kid's name domain no not dominguez they've got um oh uh they got they got Kellenick and, and and the other Rodri kid. Uh, rodriguez rodriguez julio, julio rodriguez that's what i'm thinking of yeah and and those two guys i mean you you know you heard their general manager in his rotary club interview the other day <laughs> yeah <kind of> <laughs> you know they they've got a lot of young talent up there too so it's I don't know
1: what you do in in smaller markets with talent like that. You're, you're in a tough spot. Yeah. And maybe that's why we're seeing organizations lock up their stars to long contracts. So they don't leave because going back to what Chris said, Hey, you didn't believe in me. Now I'm a star. I could go to a big market. Yankees will pay me whatever they want. Right. (laughs) They poach your people. It's sad.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like you said, Dylan, like if you look at the Indians track record of pitchers that they've had come through their club in the recent years, it's pretty ridiculous how a lot of them come through and then they get to the major league level, do super good. And they just get traded away and for next to nothing, too. So, yeah, it's kind of sad to see.
3: It is. But then, you know, you you get the guy like. We talked about at the top of the show, Arenado, who signs the mm-hmm. contract with the no clay trade clause to stick around. Two years into that contract, they put nothing
1: around him, show nothing towards wanting to win an actual meaningful ball game. And, and yeah. then at that point, he's fed up and he's ready to walk. That's why I'm afraid of with the Fernando Tatis deal. What if they show that they can't win and they actually get worse because they put so much money into him, they can't add other pieces? Does he even stay the duration of the 14 years? Then you guys look like clowns, I feel like, to be honest.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's just tough. It's super easy to look back and judge from looking in the past, like I just said, like how Fernando Tatis got to San Diego was through a trade with James Shield, Shields the White Sox, and Fernando Tatis wasn't even considered a top prospect at the time, and they got a steal with him. So it's kind of interesting how hindsight is
1: 2020, especially in baseball speaking of the white Sox, i love that team mm-hmm. they are a fun group of guys to watch they're a
3: lot of fun to watch
1: they're plus 850 right now to win the world series i sprinkled a couple bucks on them because i think they could do it yeah you know, i I'm, think
4: that's, no, that's go, ahead. go ahead chris yeah no i was
0: just gonna say it's perfect time go go into some futures you guys like some bets for the season here i know both you guys are into that type of stuff i don't know if Tom, you get into the nah, bed. No, nah, I'm not.
2: Not really into. You can't even do that in Washington State. So uh,
3: eventually, kinda, they kinda will. Every day. state will. Yes. One day. One, one day. day.
2: One day. We're all gonna
3: get there sooner or later. <laughs> no, man, just I, passed, I, right? I think that's um. Maryland did just pass. They're waiting on the the legislation to be finalized. But yeah, they did. Mm-hmm.
0: Get you a friend in Virginia. Just kidding. Hey, I don't doing, that. Go get a job in Virginia. <laughs> hey, I don't endorse that. I'm just but yeah, the White Sox though, eight fifty. I don't know, man. What you guys think about that? I think there's a lot of
3: value in that because kind of similar to last year. I I don't really think there's that one team in the American League that's the runaway favorite like we have in the NL with the Dodgers. I mean, the Yankees will be there because they always are, but they find a way to lose in the division series every year. So we're looking at who else now? Tampa Bay could be a contender. I think the Blue Jays can be a contender. I don't think the Astros have the pitching to be a contender this year. You know, I don't really think anybody from the West does.
1: And do we really trust Oakland? right
3: and so it only leaves so many teams to pick from and with a team like the white Sox, who now have added pitching have depth in the order at a number like plus 850 there's a lot of value in that number because say you get the white Sox in the alcs their price in that series isn't going to be plus 850 no matter who they play so at that point you know you set yourself up the hedge or, or whatever the case may be so i think it's a good bet
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the only team you really have to worry about is the Yankees and they do a good job of just losing by themselves. So I don't trust the Astros. Like Tom was saying, I think this is their last year. I don't trust Oakland, Minnesota, just, they were playing higher than expectations. I don't trust Cleveland. And I do think Toronto's going to have a really good year with the addition of George Springer and the improvements of Vlad, but I only fear the Yankees. And at 850, I'll take it, I'll take a shot at that. I think there's it's, a great it's worth a swing. I'm right with you. Yeah.
0: For sure, for sure. Any other ones you guys were looking at here?
3: I don't know. I was really surprised with kind of how the Rays handled their offseason after going to a World Series and they move on from a couple of their top arms, and it'll be interesting to see how they respond this season. It's one of those things to keep an eye on. It's the winner of the AL, you know, how, how are they going to bounce back after they moved on from a few pieces? They were right there. I don't think the Dodgers were that much better than them in that series. I think they got outplayed in a couple games. They certainly had the firepower to hang with them through some of that series.
0: Yeah, because I'm looking at it here right now. They got the third best odds to win the AL East at plus 450, behind the Yankees, who are at minus 220, and the Blue Jays at plus 400. What do you guys think of that line? I think
2: I... no Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Dylan. All
1: right, my bad. I I just don't see there's any value in the Yankees. Minus 220, you're going to have to throw 220 just to make 100. There's no point in that. I probably would take a swing at Toronto. What was it, plus 400?
0: 400? Yeah, plus 400.
1: Yeah, I think that's the best bet. And just going by what Nick said as well, they lost a couple of key pieces. I don't think they could stay afloat of the Yankees and the Blue Jays.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say the exact same thing. I like Toronto even more than the Rays. I don't think you should be betting on the Rays after losing two of their best pitchers, and their lineup was looking a little shaky in the postseason. Like, if it wasn't for Randy Arozarena, Rosa Raina, they probably wouldn't have made it to the World Series, so they were yeah, kind they of just, running on fumes right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah just
3: kind of looking at their projected lineup there's a lot of what ifs in that lineup anyways where guys you know not proven commodities but not bottom of the barrel guys there's a lot of what ifs in there and then you look at the rotation and it's older guy. you know you got glass now who's great but then you have rich hill you have chris archer you have michael waka and it's like you know at this point in the career what well, you know what are those guys you know what what's their value but i mean the rays do seem to make the most out of their staff however they choose to handle it so they're a team to keep an eye on but i certainly don't I I wouldn't put any money down towards them winning the division or the league
2: yeah I think one thing to add to that with the Rays is that with the shortened season they were set up to basically make the World Series with that bullpen because there's not as much stress on that bullpen as there would be in a full 162 game season then the postseason so I think they were set up for success with having a super good bullpen in a
1: shortened season I have a little wild card Because in the NL Central, I like the Brewers to win at plus 340. It isn't very popular, but I think the Reds got worse. They traded their best player. Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. Cubs are thinking about trading key pieces like Javier Baez and Chris Bryant. So you don't really know what they're thinking. So I think it's just it would be down to them and the Cardinals. And of course, the Cardinals are the popular opinion. So there's no really value in that. But plus 340 of the Brewers, I think they have a shot.
2: Yeah, I think they definitely have a shot if... Yelich has an MVP-type season. They got Josh Hader, Devin Williams in the pen. Those are very solid pieces for them. Some of the best in the game. And then also Brandon Woodruff, a uh, starting pitcher for them. He's really dominant for them and hit their ace. So they, they could definitely have a shot at winning
3: And they brought in Colton Wong and Jackie Bradley Jr. also. And if you're looking at strictly war in terms of outfield, they've got the best outfield in the bigs with Kane Yelich and Jackie Bradley Jr. There's a lot of, a lot of golden gloves out there for the Brewers. So I actually think the Brewers could make a little run at the division as well. I didn't
0: even know that. Love it even more now. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Yeah. One guy you guys didn't mention. He's just one of my favorite players in the league. That's Josh Hader. I think he's one of the best relief pitchers out there. He was closing last season. Great for my fantasy team again, like I said. I know I talk (laughs) about that a lot, but, hey, that's really how I got into baseball in general. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just wanted to mention Josh Hader.
2: Yeah, he's he's disgusting. Probably one of the best closers in the league. And there's even trade talks that he's going to get traded away, but I don't think that's going to happen now that the Brewers are going to try to make a run at this thing in, I think, weaker NL Central.
0: So, yeah, I agree. I mean, from there, I guess we can move on. I want to get some big picks here. Think about throwing a couple dollars down here. I'm looking at the MVP races. I could just start in the AL. At least Vegas has it pretty clear cut right now. Mike Trout's the favorite at plus 220. Next best odds are Alex Bregman at plus 1100, at least on FanDuel. What do you guys think about the AL MVP race right now?
2: I think Mike Trout's definitely going to be at the top towards the top. But if we're talking about value, I don't think he's the greatest value pick to win it, even though he's been top two in the MVP voting basically throughout his whole career. I picked one, and this is going to probably shock you guys, but I picked a George Springer. And I think he was around like the plus 2,500 or 3,000 mark. Like, yeah. I, yeah, FanDuel I got him at 3,000. Yeah. I, I, I like George Springer because I think he's going to do great for the Blue Jays. And if he does really good, I mean, they might be unstoppable in my opinion. So I like George Springer for the AL. It's
3: just not really, Mike Trout. Really, really nice pick.
1: Yeah, I love that pick now that you say that. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Mike Trout, yeah, there's a low value, but I can't go for Bregman. He's a cheater. Aaron Jones gets too, hurt too much. I like DJ LeMay. I know I don't like the Yankees, but the guy just – he hits everything that's in sight.
0: He's so, sitting at plus 2,500 right now.
3: Yeah, yeah. I see him at 33-1 to one here.
0: Oh,
1: wow, okay. Yeah, that's even better.
0: Yeah, I probably would either go
1: with George Spring. I love that pick now, now that you say that. And, I, and DJ LeMay would probably be my second one
3: for A.L. So this one's going to sound a little obscure, but I've been paying a lot of attention to what's going on with this guy and this team in camp. And, you know, I I like to hear about Trout. I like to hear about my guy, Anthony Rendon over in LA, man. But Shohei Otani apparently is having himself a nice spring. And he's one of those guys where he doesn't necessarily have to hit 40 home runs to be an MVP candidate. If you get 20 home runs and 70 RBIs from Shohei, and then he adds in 15, 16 wins on top of it with an ERA right in the threes like he's been when he's healthy, He's one of those guys where he could make a huge impact because he does it two different ways. Depending on his health, I might think he might be worth a little bit of money as well.
2: For sure, for sure, because that's unseen. Like no one else has ever done that. And if we're talking about most valuable player, that's pretty valuable in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I like that pick as well.
1: Same.
0: Yeah, I got him at plus 3,200 right now on FanDuel, yeah, and good I'm good looking at it. it.
3: Yeah, I mean, we could all know it's either. likely going to be Trout. And, you know, Jose Abreu winning it last year was great, but. You know, Bregman. Eh, you know, Judge. Like, like you say, can't stay healthy. Jose Ramirez doesn't have the lineup protection anymore. So you kind of start to look down in the twenty-five to thirty-three to one range just to try to find some value there. Absolutely. I think that was three pretty good names. That was a good segment. You better cut that one. Put the video <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice job, boys. Definitely. Nice job. Nice job.
0: Definitely. Definitely, bro. I guess it takes us for
3: the so, NL. Right, right We're
0: yeah, well, no, go ahead.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna do it, man. I, I, I'm gonna go with the Homer pick. I think he should have won it last year, man. In <laughs> the
2: NL MVP this year. Yes, sir. They yes, sir. I, I've been on that train as well. I just think he didn't win it last year because of he didn't play in the full sixty games he missed, and he missed that first week. Yeah, and he didn't play for the Braves, a division champs, so it's kind of a tough break. But stats wise, I yeah, like what you said, definitely right there, for Freddie Freeman to win it. So.
1: Mm, Freddie, Freddie a good Freeman.
2: Bet. Oh, I was talking about last year how Juan Soto, Freddie yeah. Oh, yeah. Freeman were, were Freeman last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I like but- Mookie Betts at seven fifty. Mookie mm-hmm. Betts is a good bet. Mm-hmm. He has the lineup protection. He's probably one of the best outfielders in the league. I like him at plus seven fifty. Maybe take a swing at Francisco Lindor at plus twelve hundred. Think he's gonna have a breakout season. We're gonna give him the money. He's gonna be happy. Yeah, there's a lot of
2: picks in the NL, I think. Like, even yellow and Bellinger, teammate of Mookie Betts, you know, they are going at it, I think, in 2019 or 18. So, there's a lot of guys that could win it in the NL, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and to that point, Vegas has a pretty split right now. Tatis at plus 700. Soto plus 700. Mookie Betts and Acuna both at 750. And then everybody else in the thousands. But – I think there's value to be had there. If you can pick out that guy, you're going to get value on any of those picks. So, absolutely, that's yeah. definitely an interesting one. And you know, I'm going with Soto, so <laughs> <laughs> gotta ride with it. But yeah, I guess that takes us to the Cy Young just quickly. I guess who do you guys think is going to win um, Cy Young?
2: I think, and I'll just go both leagues. Um, I think NL DeGrom. And AL, I think Shane Bieber could go back to back. I just like Shane Bieber a lot. He may not be the value pick, in my opinion, because he's probably a front runner to win it again. But he just has four pitches, I'm pretty sure, that are all super, very, very good. And a lot of batters say that Shane Bieber is very hard to hit and the stats show it. So I like Shane Bieber this year.
1: Yeah, I like Shane Bieber as well in the American League. And I, I got to go with DeGrom for that now. He has to, for not winning it last year and, and Trevor Bauer winning it, I think DeGrom has even a better year. He leads the league in strikeouts again. He had a, a down year in ERA. It was at two three eight. So I think he improves that. And
3: that's
0: a down think, year. That's crazy. I,
1: I know. that That's sad to say, but it was a down year for him.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with DeGrom in the NL, obviously. I don't think there's any debate there that he ends up winning it in the AL. I actually like Lucas Giolito. I think he's coming into his own a little bit. He's he's gotten his walks down. He's been able to find the zone in the last couple of years. His strikeouts were way up the last two years. And he's just one of those guys that's kind of stepping into the role of an ace, you know, of a Shane Bieber, of a Tyler Glasnow, of a Jose Bear, you know, one of those guys. So I, I think on a good young team, he's going to be able to make that next step. To that next tier of elite pitchers,
0: definitely, definitely. Honestly, I really don't have a pick on this one. I'm not super in touch with the pitching in the league, but gotta go with my boy Max. Even though I don't <laughs> think he, I don't think he'll actually win it. Though he's he's starting a little up there in age. I think you guys are on it, so I'm gonna go with you. If I do put a couple of dollars down, I'm gonna bet with you guys.
2: So. Hey, but I think Max would probably have some great odds if he does end up winning it. So he's at I mean, plus it,
1: one thousand right now.
2: Oh, that's actually not <laughs> as high as I thought it would be. But, but yeah, yeah. So still has a shot at winning it. And I guess in Vegas' eyes, has a shot to win it as well. So,
0: yeah, I guess I guess we'll see, man. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. But I'm more hopeful about this last prediction. Obviously, if we're talking about the MLB season. We got to pick the champ. Anybody, whoever wants to start, who y'all got? I guess give your AL team and your NL team, and then who wins it?
2: Uh, mine's pretty boring, but I think I got the Dodgers, White Sox, and the Dodgers winning it. I just think, uh, like we talked about earlier, the White Sox are in a very good position. They're teams all around, pitching, hitting, hitting, just everything's good, but then you got the Dodgers who have that, but it's great. Like their pitching's great and their hitting's great. So I think they're going to square off in the World Series and have the Dodgers coming away with it. So, not, not like, a big surprise.
1: I, I'm right there. I like the White Sox as well, and I have them battling the Mets. I think the Mets are going to go for it. I think both teams have great rotation and position players. They're both really young. Both teams will benefit that for more than like the older teams, like the Yankees. I think the Mets have the best starting five in baseball, and ultimately, I think they'll shut down the White Sox. We win in six games, four two. We win. Mm. Mm. Hey, that's how you feel. That's how you feel. I'm going to go ahead
3: and go with the Dodgers will probably win the NL, in my opinion. It'll be them and the Braves. And and I think the Braves will have the ability to give them everything they want, but the Dodgers will probably end up taking that from them just on the back of their rotation, being a little bit stronger. I think Walker Bueller is one of the best pitchers in baseball. I think he's really underrated nationally. And then from the AL, man, the AL's is tough. I like the White Sox. It's going to pain me, but I'm going to pick the twins to actually win the AL. Oh. I think Jose Barrios is, is an elite pitcher. I think Kentamaeda Maeda is another guy that can come on strong. They were able to shore up the bullpen a little bit, and that lineup has thumped top to bottom. So, I, I think in, in the league that, you know, there's really no clear cut favorite, I, I'm going to go with the
1: Twins to come out of the American League. And the Dodgers are going to win the, the World Series. There is good value at the Twins to win the World Series at plus 1800. Yeah, it, it's one of those
3: things where it's, it's worth a sprinkle because you really don't know. You know, you got the Yankees at 550, the White Sox at 900. But after those two teams, I mean, who's that next best team? The the Twins and the Blue Jays are the two that come to mind. And yeah, I'm go with the Twins because of the better rotation, in my opinion.
2: I like the Twins. Like you said, I just think they got to get over that first hump. Yeah. Like they win that first playoff game, they're going to get rolling because I think they're on – they have like one of the longest playoff losing streaks like in North America.
3: or something like Yeah, 19, 19
2: games. Like yeah, that's, that's crazy. Like you think you'd – blindly fall into winning a game but they haven't so uh, i just think if they win that first one yeah they could make a run at it
1: that's a good point point. Mm-hmm.
0: and for me i'm just gonna call my shot here uh i'm going with the the yankees out of the al i think they got the talent they seem to be the favorites on fan duel right now and the yankees they got the most championships of all time and i know a lot of those came Way back when, and it's been a lot more competitive recently, but they pay the guys. And I always kind of like the expression, you get what you pay for, and yeah. they pay up, they get stars, and they win ball games. They got Garrett Cool, who I think is right up there is best pitcher in the league. Yeah, I think they got a good chance. And then from the NL, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm going chalk here because I'll go with the Dodgers too. They're just so good and they're pitching rotation is just insane they got arms for days they got cody bellinger hitting they got stars as well and i think that new york la world series is going to be spectacular and i'll go with the yankees winning it i think they're going to pull it out i do
3: now, there's a lot of tr- there's a lot of value if you think the two top teams in each league are, are going to end up representing them in the World Series. There's a lot of value in not just betting them to win each league, but betting them to, to be the matchup for the World
1: Series. You can oftentimes find a little extra value in those numbers. Yeah, those are cool little prop bets you could find. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's good. I like that.
0: Definitely. Hey, Derek, do you have a pick for the World Series here? Take your shot, man. Oh, man. I, it'd be it'd be great if you no. get this right. We all be wrong. Meanwhile,
4: while you guys are really yeah. talking your stuff, man, I was just on the computer just doing some research. I'm liking the White Sox. I really do. I've been doing a little, little research on them, and they seem to be another a pretty good favorite team. So I would I would go with the White Sox winning in the AL, and I would just have to go with the majority here, going with the, the Braves with the NL. So that's probably going to be me there. And I got the Braves winning the series. Oh,
0: gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, that's a lot right. of
4: the dark there, man. I might, you know, I might just have-
0: <laughs> So, I'm going to keep track of that. And when one of us is right, we'll make a clip, put it out there. We a called little, this on little. March 18th. So. <laughs> yep, March 18th, timestamp it.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, Hope, I'm, hopefully, one probably. of us are right.
3: We <laughs> <laughs> got, yeah. what, 13, 14 days to opening day, boys? It's We're here, man. It's yeah. coming around the corner. Quick.
0: Yeah, it's exciting for sure. Do the, Met, the
1: Mets play the Nationals, right, opening
3: Mets, day? Mets have the Nats on opening day.
1: In D.C.? In D.C. You
0: should yeah, drive wait. up here or down here, I guess.
3: They're letting 5,000 fans in, man. I'm going to do everything I can to get there. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, what's a the percentage? In the day.
1: It's like 12%. Oh, okay, because – for New York they went from 25 to 50 now so things Camden, are starting to open up
3: Camden Yards is having 50% Texas they're doing 100% capacity opening day
1: Yeah one hundred forty, or yeah they said like 40 50,000 opening yeah. day that's insane Yeah Like is that necessary though? <laughs> like opening day We'll see day? how it goes. <laughs> I, I
3: don't right, think they're even going to get that many fans. They're gonna <laughs> oh, they're, they're not going to fill that stadium opening day though. Yeah, I yeah, agree. that's what I'm saying. Like, the what was they it, the might, Marlins?
0: man. I think pe- people are just excited to get back outside the house,
3: they <laughs> hey, might feel it. <laughs> if Matt's Park was a thousand percent or a hundred percent open today, you have a tough time keeping me out.
1: Yeah, no, me too. I'd have to go down,
0: definitely. Yeah, I guess with that, is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on before we kind of get out of here?
2: I think we hit a lot of things in this episode, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty happy cool, with man. it. Thanks
0: yeah. for having
3: me on.
1: Yeah, yeah, we yeah. touched on a lot. I think it was very informative as well.
0: Definitely. I mean, before we get out of here, just want to give you guys one more chance to shout out your podcast, YouTube channels, your Instagram, Twitter, whatever you guys want to plug right here. Put your <laughs> time right now. And I guess we'll start yeah. with you, Dill.
1: Well, I me, and a bunch of the boys from New Jersey, we have our sports gambling podcast. Chris said it's called the dream wager. You can find us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts you could look us up on Instagram or Twitter at the dream wager. And yeah, if you're in a legal sports betting state ride with us, we'll try to make you as much as money as possible. And I just appreciate you boys and letting me come on here for tonight.
0: Definitely. We, we appreciate you coming on for sure. What about you, Tom? What What are you repping right now? <laughs> All I got is
2: my YouTube channel, Tom from Tom Talk Sports. So head on over there, check out some baseball videos. I play college baseball right now at the JUCO level. So I'll be making some videos about that and just MLB videos as well. And I appreciate you having me on, Chris. And- messaging me and <laughs> there was a little bit of a hassle getting there but we figured it out yeah we it out. yeah
0: yeah it was kind of funny i couldn't really message you uh-huh, on uh-huh. twitter or anything i kind of just commented on a video <laughs> here we are so i'm definitely glad you came on man i appreciate it yeah yeah thanks
2: for having me on yeah like i said earlier
0: time, your time. videos are good man definitely appreciate really it really like the content and what about you, Sieg's? What you shouting man, out I got n- You
3: know me, man. I got nothing to plug, man. This was fun. I enjoy talking sports. I'm a simple guy, man. Uh, I take any chance you, I can You to can plug on, the Twitter golf.
0: handle or something, man. The people can follow you. I see you, you tweeting about sports. At, uh, you can follow
3: me at Stan Lee underscore 23. S-T-A-N-L-E-E underscore 23. Give your boy a follow.
0: It's a good follow, too. He's a funny guy out there for I sure. I got a lot of
3: stuff to say, man. Most of it's not. It do, do
0: you live tweet when, when you're watching the game? I live tweet
3: everything, man baseball, football, my kids running around the house. I'd like to. (laughs) That's
1: perfect. So, when we're watching the Mets and the Nationals, I could tweet at you.
3: I'll be you. You'll see him coming. Okay, perfect. I'm going to tweet about that guy down in DC a lot. You'll see. Yeah, (laughs) that
0: guy down in DC. (laughs) For sure. I mean, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Obviously, you're a true sports nerd like us. We appreciate the support. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at avg sports nerds and just stay tuned because we're going to keep putting out more content and always reach out connect we're happy to hear any feedback from anybody we want to answer your questions debate with you whatever you want to do we're up for it and yeah thank you and keep nerding it up